because you can't read any of these. Notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have notes, but they're no good. Cool. All right, in this segment, we are going to touch base on the industrial market. Uh, we got into this maybe 18 months ago, 24 months ago. We started really looking, uh, and we bought a couple deals since then. We, we have about 325,000 square feet total, and that's in, I mean, it's pretty consolidated because that's not that much in the industrial component, but we're in Georgia, and we bought a portfolio of six deals over in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So we have a good footprint, so we have a little bit of an idea of what we're seeing in the market, but the, the industrial market as a whole is uh, extensively large. <laughs> yes. Right? And it's been, it's been on fire for a good amount of time. Um, yeah. it, you know, full, basically full occupancy, wait lists to get into prices, and double-digit rent growth year over year. Yeah. And you're seeing, I mean, a lot of that, too, is just the huge facilities that are being built. We're talking... 500,000, 700,000 million square foot buildings that are going up that are these big distribution centers. I, Amazon was a lot of the talk of that for a while around how much space that they were gobbling up. Um, but that is, I would say that is exactly the opposite of what we are buying. Right. <laughs> Those the typical industrial, if you, if you look or hear about industrial, is going to be 40, 50 foot high clear heights, meaning the interior height of the ceiling is 40, 50, 60 feet high. Now the, the very tall buildings, you've got, you know, your, your loading docks on the back that you have anywhere from hundreds of these things on the backside of a backside of a warehouse. So that's not what we're buying. And that's not what our experience is. We are buying essentially 20 to 50,000 square foot buildings that are typically older. We're getting those at, at a significant discount to price compared to newer stuff. Uh, that is out there, and, and it's a very different user. Uh, Amazon is not one of our tenants. Right, and the nice thing about buying properties like this is that they're older, so they're in more established locations, they're more infill. Um, they're, they're basically irreplaceable unless you tear something else down. So our, our basis of buying these things, give or take $100, $130 a square foot, you know, buying infill, you know, usually your land is going to be 70% of that. And then you have to build on top of that. So the, the basis that we're buying at is, is, is irreplaceable. Yeah, we've always been uh, buy at below replacement cost thinkers. So we're looking at something. We say, wow, that's cheap. and <laughs> You can't build it for that. Then that's when we get excited over looking at stuff. Um, so the, the, in, the industrial space as a whole, though, that market has, it has been red hot. We have seen just market rents uh, that are double or triple what they were a few years ago on pretty much everything. That's around, and, and that's just in our markets. That's kind of in Atlanta, and what we're seeing up and down 85 and a little bit of 75 up to Chattanooga. Yeah, and part of the buying opportunity that we've had is when we when we go into a look for look for a property that maybe the owner bought five years ago, seven years ago, and they were you know at their basis and what they bought that rents were four, five, six dollars a square foot, and they were happy and you know th things were great, but they did not take advantage of the market that has moved. That we're now getting closer to twelve dollars a square foot. We can afford to buy it at you know substantially more yep. than what they pay for it and um, also improve it and make it better for the tenants and then increase the rents and yeah a lot of the it. the news on industrial is that higher end stuff right that's new build coming out of the ground very different but we're talking about this infill a lot of it is owned by by long-term owners of real estate that have had it for maybe five 10 or 20 years I, I think the current deal we're working on Pleasantdale they've owned it for almost 20 years mm -hmm. rents are $4, $5 a square foot. Yeah. If, and 
you know, but that has, that has worked. If you bought it 20 years ago, that's all you needed to really kind of cover and maintain and, and keep the assets. So uh, there's definitely a huge amount of that still out there in the market, right? Of, of these infill, smaller locations that are available. So we're, we're mostly focused on what that segment of the market is doing. And really, it's not moving that, that much. A lot of those are longer-term tenants, so there's not a whole lot of turnover in those spaces. So if you want a 5,000-square-foot infill warehouse space, it's going to be hard to find. It's, you know, kind of the, the, the demand for that is exceedingly outpaced what the supply is. Yeah, so the one-off opportunities that we bought, uh, Dorville is a good example of that, is that the seller relocated his business to somewhere in Florida and vacated 20, 25,000 square feet. And we had the opportunity to go in and break it up into individual bays and, and release the property. But that was a pretty unique situation that the seller was picking up and moving and allowing some market vacancy. Otherwise, there, there, there wouldn't have been any. Yeah, there wouldn't have there. been any. So the only real opportunities we're finding is those unique situations. Right. We're, you know, we're not looking to build stuff, so it's all really what way can we find where uh, a transition is going to happen that we can, we, be, we can become involved in. Right. So, so if we look about our assets, so we have six total deals, and one of those deals has six, six assets. So we, we really have 11 total uh, properties, and that combined fits in one of these brand new warehouses. So that's just over 300,000 square feet. You know, we could take all of our buildings, probably even the clear height, and put them in one of these new warehouses. Uh, but with that being said, uh, we've had a very strong demand for the assets we do have. Um, so we are essentially full on everything, except Covington has, has two vacancies. We're talking about a couple thousand square feet. And Dawson Flex, one of our deals, uh, we have vacancy there. We had planned on having vacancy, but we actually have groups that are coming in prior to us even doing our CapEx or doing our division of assets and trying to uh, take that space. Right. So. And I think Dawson is a great example of just how strong that market demand is. Is we, We've spoken to the tenants and we said, hey, listen, like, you know, we, we need to improve the place. We need to make it nicer. Um, and we're going to need to increase rents. And they said, they basically said how much. Um, that they had no other options to move to. And so they were looking like, you know, let's share some of the burden together. Maybe you don't have to improve it too much and we can have a little bit lower rent. So we're able to negotiate yeah. that and leave them a place to conduct their business. It's a little bit of a give and take right. of like, what can we do? I mean, we have some exterior work we have to do on stuff uh, to make it usable. Mm -hmm. um, but we have tenants that are very interested in being in these spaces and that demand is still still there. So. That could change, though. I mean, as we're seeing, if we think about the market as a whole right now, you know, I believe the Fed is going to keep pushing rates until they are, are able to slow demand uh, in some capacity. I'm not sure how far they have to go to do that, but I, I believe that's their goal. Uh, and in doing so, you know, the companies are going to see less demand. So, for example, we had, um, we had a building that was up in Raleigh where we were trying to get HVAC systems because one went out and we physically couldn't get the right one. So we had to buy a bunch of other makeshift ones in the time being that were available or using those until we can get the full replacement in. So it's like, we're spending a lot more than we should have in a normal scenario. We'd be able to go in and replace an HVAC system. There would be uh, actual supplies to meet that demand in a timely fashion. And we wouldn't be stuck going out and buying unnecessary units and this kind of like, you know, juggling act of, of executing a simple HVAC change. Um, if the, the Fed keeps pushing rates to kind of slow that 
that kind of crazy demand uh, that'll bring back, you know, a, a, a kind of a one for one supply and demand on at least HVAC units. But to get there, they probably have to go past that and right. slow things down a lot more than I think anyone wants to see. Uh, but as that happens, we're going to see a slowing in demand for industrial space. And, you know, with the industrial space we're buying that were built in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, we're, we're, you know, at times we see kind of a shift in use that sometimes the office is too overbuilt, sometimes the warehouse is too overbuilt for the tenant's needs. Right now, inventory is the... is is the name of the name of the game right now. Everyone needs more inventory to sell, um, to, to keep their suppliers happy. So, um, they need more warehouse space. We see, you know, if, if supply chain can get back to normal, that might, that might soften the use of the space a little bit more. Yeah. So that's also being flexible and kind of what tenants want or, or where they're going to, you know, where they're going to fit in the space. You know, we, we see rates rising though too, and, uh, it's going to make anyone that has, kind of leveraged inventory that's going to be more expensive to just hold that. Right. Especially if you're, if you're borrowing money to buy your inventory, it's going to get more expensive to borrow it. You're probably going to want to hold less, probably going to constrict uh, demand for supplies in that, in that fashion as well. I don't necessarily know that, how that helps the supply, the supply chain issues right. that we're seeing. If, if that becomes more expensive, you know, it's a very intertwined uh, discussion. But in our, the, the demand that we're seeing in our space you know, there's virtually no new supply of what we buy coming online. Right. Uh, in the past, in the future, it's not something uh, that has been added to, and it probably won't. I mean, there's no way to really buy land and build something like this affordably. I mean, you would it, need to get crazy rents, like twenty, thirty dollars a square oh, yeah. foot. I mean, if anyone, you know, we we like to heavily buy in the in the Norcross market, which is really where our office is here. And, you know, you take a Google map look of really Norcross and look out, say, a three-mile radius from downtown Norcross. There's, it's all built. There is there is no free land available. Um, if, and if there's anything being built that's new, is tearing something else down. So yeah. you're, you're paying quite a bit. Yeah, right that. down the street. And they tore down a complex kind of just like ours to right. build apartments on it. But they're paying. that, that those, those numbers don't work right. for a shallow bay flex <laughs> space and 20,000 square foot buildings. Um, that would, yeah, that's just not gonna, that's just not gonna happen. So we were talking about interest rates. Um, so our portfolio, we have six properties, six loans on them. Uh, all but one is, is fixed under 5%. The one that is floating, um, has a ceiling on it and, um, it's tied to, um, the SOFA rate. So, um, we're, we, we feel like we're in pretty good position over the next, you know, five years or so to improve these properties, release them, get higher rates and ride out this you know, ho hopefully short duration interest rate storm that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the one floater rate that we do have, it's capped at 6%. So it's like, that's not terrible. That's lower sure. than the rates that we're getting on properties looking forward. True. <laughs> True. So yeah, so it, it, that's still pretty good. Um, they're really the kind of managing this, this new market as things are evolving, you know, as rates go up, we either have to increase revenues to produce more net income so that we can cover a future higher borrowing cost. So when our loan matures in five years, it's like, okay, what is rates going to be in five years? We're going to need to be able to renew that loan, refinance that loan, extend it, do something with uh, the bank. And at that time, if their mortgage costs double, we need to have that much more revenue to cover that uh, significantly higher mortgage payment. 
or the value's got to come down. So that's kind of that that give and take with interest rates going up. That's other values have to come down, or, or revenues have to go up to cover that uh, cover that spread. The industrial parts that we're in, though, we we feel like we have a little bit of an advantage. I mean, I think we do, in that there's literally no new supply added into that space, but we keep seeing additional housing units. You know, it makes sense to tear stuff down and build housing units. So we have density increasing, but uh, the supply components of the flex space still just being the same. Right. And, and we're, you know, working with the, um, you know, in our space with these, uh, you know, specific, um, in, you know, short bay uh, flex spaces, the tenants that we're working with all have specific demands. So looking forward, as we look at opportunities, there may be very much, you know, kind of a deal pickers market that there's going to be unique opportunities that we're working specifically with the tenants to improve the property for whatever their current needs are and sign a longer term lease with them and create the value in that way. Right. Yeah. It's a very niche specific value creation. It's almost like what Andrew did with, I mean, the retail side is different than the industrial, but we're taking a tenant and reducing their rent, extending the lease, and the way we're buying it is producing better returns than a short-term higher lease. Right. So, you know, there'll be ways that we can find that in the industrial space, but we've got to be very specific uh, of who we work with as a tenant and what they're looking for. I don't think, you know, if we look at just like bigger box industrial or kind of fixed long-term leases and buying that right now, that seems overly risky. I don't think that's going to work. Those are going to trade at lower cap rates in the future. Um, right? So you're going to buy something that you kind of know is going to be worth less because there's not a value creation component to it. So we're shying away from those. Uh, we're not too bullish on that component. But if we do, and we are able to find a tenant-specific ways to add value, like those could be good plays in the, in the industrial space going forwards. Yeah, like Dawson's a great example that, that we're working with one of the current tenants to build it out to their specific needs. They're staying so we don't have to have the downtime and the improvement dollars to turn that over. And, you know, a deal that we're working on right now that we're negotiating the final terms of that we should be bringing out to you guys pretty soon is, is really rebuilding part of their warehouse and their parking lot to make a better use for their fit. Yeah, and that's a single tenant flex deal, industrial mm -hmm. flex deal where... Um, that we can go in and do something specific for that tenant that's going to create value in the deal. And as a result, they'll sign a 10-year lease with us, which creates a ton of value for us on paper, whether it's lending or, or whether it's to, to the capital markets. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be exciting to do that. But that's, you know, we've got to go in and find that opportunity. Those are, those are not um, abundant <laughs> right now. Looking at, looking at it and finding like, hey, where can we get a specific tenant that has a lease and an owner where, you know, they may or may not want to put capital in and we can move capital. It's like, those are slim to find them. But really that's the only opportunity we're seeing in the industrial space is going after those positions. Um, so we're kind of out of buying anything that's more suburban and big, anything that's kind of fixed long-term uh, non-value add. Those are, those are not where we're seeing a good uh, value proposition right now to be investing in. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for our industrial segment. Uh, we're going to have updates on our other ones as well. So check in for those. Thanks for watching.